is the Colby Daniels Podcast on a Wednesday. Actually, no, this is Thursday. I'm so used to just automatically saying on a Wednesday when uh, I'm looking at the uh, luscious beard of Mr. Aaron Davis. But uh, yeah, it's Thursday. Aaron, what is happening, my friend? Not much. Uh, had a little bit of a, uh, I guess, medical situation yesterday that uh, delayed my end on recording. Uh, everything's worked out, though. Just had a, uh, I think Rosie had a uh, ocular migraine. And uh, so that, that was a whole thing. She couldn't see. So she was worried about driving. So I had to go pick her up from work and all that stuff. But we're all good now. We're, that's, she's at work. That's good news. She's teaching. Yeah. I'm hanging out at home, you know, counting down the set. Usually catch me on a Wednesday. So like my my days off, it's like around three o'clock on Wednesday, I start to get anxious about going back to work on Friday. Yeah. Now you've got me on Thursday and I'm just full like I'm just pissed off at the world, like gonna throw up because like I just don't want to get up. You got the Sunday scaries, right? Yeah, I got this. Yeah. I don't want to get up at four o'clock tomorrow morning. I don't right. want to go to work. Like I Three days off is awesome, but like it's so many days off that like I just get used to that lifestyle. Yeah, I every could week. see that. I could see that for sure. You've uh, you've kind of settled back into just being on your couch and doing whatever the hell you want to do. A hundred percent. Yeah, and like it's also like Mondays are awesome. Like Monday, at like six o'clock, I'm like, dude, I got three days off. This is gonna be awesome. And then Thursday night, I'm like, Ugh, I don't want to go to work. Yeah. So, yeah. Speaking of work, saw you had some news. Speaking of work, yeah. Big announcement made yesterday. Uh, finally, uh, was able to uh, get the green light to um, make it public that I am joining the Blitz. 11.70 a.m., the Blitz. I'm, I'm really excited about this opportunity. Uh, really excited that, uh, that they have... Uh, put their trust in me and the rest of this uh, lineup that's going to be revealed very soon. Uh, I'm not at liberty to uh, make the other announcements as far as who else is joining the the station, nor do I want to be the person sharing other people's news. So like I, I had somebody ask me like, who else is going to be on the station? And I'm like, stay tuned. Like, you know, I'm like, that's not for me to say, like everybody should have the opportunity to make their own announcement. So that'd be um, like, uh, It'd be like, uh, like Aaron Rod. Well, Aaron Rodgers would 100 percent do that. Let me find a different example. That'd be like uh, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers Judge would do and, that. Yes. Yeah. It'd be like Aaron Judge announcing that uh, Max Scherzer signed with the Yankees. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, uh, yeah. No, I am not. Uh, I'm not spoiling anyone else's announcement. So other announcements, uh, I'm sure, will be made whenever uh, they see fit to make those announcements. But uh, yeah, I, I, you know, again. Uh, there's going to be more information coming, so there's a lot of people asking for details and all that, and basically all I can say is that I'm joining the Blitz, really excited about it. I'm going to be on from 3 to 6 every afternoon, which I'm really excited about, uh, and then we will be able to uh, share like a streaming app and website and links for all that uh, as soon as uh, launch happens, but... Uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much like all I can share. So no, let me ask you this though. Are you nervous about, you know, being on the air for all the, for all the Yankees up North, the Yankees, different lifestyle up there, man. Tulsa, Tulsa? That's a different world, it's a different world. 
Look, it's Oklahoma. Yeah, they got the, they got the I, I know that there's like dinner. the OKC Tulsa rivalry, the Turnpike rivalry. Uh, I mean, it's all Oklahoma. Um, you know, I it, like I'll I, I know that like the on cue versus uh, Quick Trip is like a, a heated debate among Tulsans and Oklahoma Cityans. Where do you fall? Where do you fall? I'm an on cue guy through and through. I mean, they're. This is people are going to hate me for this, but they're kind of the same thing, aren't they? Why well, I, I just <laughs> I mean I guess yeah probably so, but I just I don't ever go to Quick Trip because I'm here. Well, right, the, yeah, right, but like I've been in Tulsa on multiple occasions, like you know frequently, and I mean my question would be, what separates on cue from Quick Trip, or what separates Quick Trip from on cue? I mean, I, I I don't know. They're they're kind of the same thing to me. Like they're both nice you know, pull over gas station rest stop type things. Like, it's, yeah, I mean, look, it's a good, it's a good battle for the silver and bronze medal of like the gas station Olympics. To Bucky's. Is that what? Oh yeah. I mean, okay. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's been to Bucky's, whether you could be, you could have an on cue tattoo yeah. on your, on your face. <laughs> right. You go into a Bucky's like, all right, yeah. like, we're all, we're playing for second fiddle here. Playing for second place. This is clearly Patrick Mahomes and yeah, we're, we're Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady. We're pretty good, but you know, we're not, where do you there. fall on come and go? Never, never, never happens. Okay, because this was uh, early 2000s. I, I visited a come and go for the first time. And my roommate at the time and I were like, come and go. This is amazing. And being the juveniles that we are, uh, wanted come and go t-shirts. Naturally. They didn't sell come and go t-shirts. We were like, do you guys have any come and go t-shirts? And they were like, no, we don't offer that. And I was like, wait, what? You don't offer come and go t-shirts? Like so money on the table, apparently. So not kidding you. We wrote a letter on the, I think like the come and go website. I'm trying to remember. It was either like the website or we actually wrote a letter. I can't remember uh, exactly the details, but the, the story is we wrote a letter to come and go like begging them for a line of t-shirts. And we were like, we're willing to place the first order. Like we, we have like 20 friends that will buy them immediately so they ended up writing us back and they were like, you know, we've, we've been having talks about like coming out with a t-shirt and all that. And we will let you know if we decide to do it. So it wasn't very long afterward. They ended up like mailing us back or emailing us back or something saying like, Hey, we're going to do these t-shirts. So, um, you guys can make the first order. And so we ordered like 20 come and go t-shirts. We were the first come and go t-shirt order that, that, uh, was placed and they sent us all these t-shirts we collected money from all of our buddies and so like literally everybody in my friend circle had a come and go t-shirt yeah that's look you're leaving money on the table by not selling t-shirts like that's just such an easy money grab to like 19 and 20 year olds right exactly come and go uh you have any uh des moines menace soccer team uh shirts which apparently come and go owns oh wow no yeah big uh des moines menace uh nice fan over here nice uh but yeah, yeah no, I'm I'm uh, awesome. I'm I'm excited for uh, I'm excited for the the radio rejoin. Excited to be back on the radio airwaves. Here's the here's the greatest part of it all. I get to go back to radio, and there's no conflict with the podcast either. So the podcast will continue, um, and you know, no no disruption on the podcast, and then the the daily radio show. So I'm I'm really excited about this. Nice. You're gonna be uh, you're gonna be wearing that voice out. 
Yeah, yeah. I have to yeah. go back to drinking hot tea. Um, oh, I was just about to say something. Oh, hey, and look, silver lining is, you know, you took that year off from like traditional radio. And if there was a, the worst year in the history of radio to not do sports radio, right. it was 2020. Right. Like you, you didn't have to worry about those like six months where you're trying to fill three hours every day or two hours every day talking about like the greatest running backs of the last 50 years and turning that into like a week long thing. See, you say that as on. a negative thing, but I oh, feel like I that. would have yeah. thrived in those For six sure. months of having like just these nonsense conversations about greatest running backs of all time. That's fair that we, that's non, that's, we do yeah. that all the time. Right. Yeah. That's, Right up. I mean, it would depend you're who you're doing the show right. with. If you didn't have, if you were doing a show with somebody that didn't like doing that sort of stuff, then you would probably be right. miserable for those six months. But like, for example, so. you and I could do that for like five hours every single day. That's fair. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I regret not doing radio in 2020 because I missed out on the, on the ranking show every day. For every four day. Hours a yeah. Day. I, I, I literally rank things on my computer every single day anyway. There you go. See, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, I'm a sucker for, I'm, yeah, whatever. I'm, I'm a, a sucker for drafting things and I'm a sucker for ranking things. And the reason was, the draft thing works is because most of the time I've probably already put together like a big board of ranking. You're, you're just reading topics. off of your draft that you already did five times. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, the Blitz, tune in. People, tune in. The Blitz, 1170 a.m., and I will release the uh, streaming info very, very soon. Nice. Very cool. Uh, So we did uh, last week... Oh, I was going to tell you, by the way, I've had a migraine as well, speaking of uh, you having to pick up Rosie yesterday. I've had a migraine or or multiple migraines. That is no joke. And when anybody that's, that's not ever had a migraine, like literally your vision is impaired. You cannot yeah, see. It's pretty intense. We, we, uh, she's never had one before. I had a couple of them when I was in like high school or middle school, but just like the things that cause, like it, it blows my mind. Cause like they're caught like pretty commonly caused by like stress and anxiety. Yeah. And I'm like, I could get so stressed that my brain is just like, we're, we're done. Like you can't see for the next hour. Because we're just we're not playing this game. Yeah. Just, just go lay down. We're we're turning off. Yeah. Intense. The last time I had a migraine, it was before I was even doing radio, uh, which is a must much less stressful job than I was doing at the time. But I was on a business trip, and I flew to with a with a colleague. I flew to Denver, Colorado, for this business trip, and when we landed in Denver. Like I had had the beginnings of the migraine while we were in the air. And when we landed, like it had really set in before we even checked into the hotel. So like we're in this rental car driving to the hotel and literally I am laying in the back seat with a shirt over my face to like cut down as much light as I possibly could. I get to my room and we were supposed to just be there for... That day, we were staying the night, and then we were flying back the next morning. I never even did anything business-related on this trip because this migraine was so... Is debilitating the word? Is that... Uh, am I using that correctly? Yeah, yeah. It was so debilitating that I ended up spending 
that entire day, that entire night, and the next day in the hotel room in complete darkness, in complete silence, crying most of the time because like just the the pain was so bad that like you're just like crying because the pain, like you, you can't even help it. Like it's just like, it was horrible. We ended up having to change our flights because that next morning the migraine was still so bad that I couldn't even, I couldn't go out of the, I couldn't leave the room. You hated that colleague, that coworker so much that yeah. he literally broke your brain for a week. Yeah. It was, it was awful. I've been there. Ugh. Yeah, that sucks. Like, I, I'm trying to think. I, if I've ever gotten sick, like, away from home, like in a hotel situation, I, I don't think I have. Rosie had food poisoning when we went to Vancouver a few years ago, and that was, that was an ordeal. But, like, it only lasted, like, a few hours, like 12 hours. So, But, like, I can't imagine being sick in a hotel room for, like, three days. Yeah. So you just want to go home and like not have to worry. Like you're in Denver. Like you got to worry about like, I got to get back home. I got to get yeah. on a plane. Yeah. Which maybe triggered this migraine. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. We brutal. rescheduled the flights. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was just awful. Um, I had a friend that got married and they're, he and his bride's honeymoon. They're no longer together, by the way. This was a terrible start to the marriage. They got married. Their honeymoon was at Disney World in Florida. So they get married. They take the flight to Florida. She eats food on the flight that gives her food poisoning. And on their honeymoon, she spends like three days in the room, I guess, puking her guts out. And like, it was the craziest thing because like they, they, you know, the wedding happens. They flew out like I think that next morning. And it's like, this was on a Saturday, the wedding. They flew out that next morning to go to Disney World. It's like Monday afternoon and my phone rings and it's this guy. And I'm like, why the hell is this guy calling me on his honeymoon? So I answer the phone. I'm like, what's up? And he's like, I'm just hanging out by myself. It's like my wife got food poisoning on the flight here. So she is incapacitated. And uh, yeah, so he, he spent like three days at Disney World by himself, just like doing his own thing. And I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta know because I kind of can imagine the answer. But what percentage would you say was his idea to go spend three days at Disney World? I think it was a small percent. Okay. And like I don't think he was against it, but yeah, I don't think he was against it. But he definitely wasn't like, "Hey, we, we this is what we need to do for our honeymoon." Three full days at Disney. Yeah, World. three full days. By himself, yeah. By himself. Yeah. So uh, needless to say, like, we had several conversations that week where he would just call me literally out of boredom. Like, I'm just walking around Disney World bored out of my mind because my new bride is in the room and, and like, can't be around people. I think I might stand in line by myself for an hour to get on this ride. Yeah. Two years later, that- uh, they uh, they pulled the plug on that thing. So, Well, you know. I'm surprised. I mean, after that start, it's shocking that they made it around the calendar. Yeah, just go ahead and times. go and call it after that week. You know what? Like, yeah. this is. It's not that. It's not that I don't like you. It just feels like this is just a curse. Like this. Yeah. This marriage is doomed. Yeah. And it's nobody's fault. It's some guy at McDonald's fault. Right. Or, or you know, you know, Southwest or whoever. Right. Okay. Okay. For I assume she brought food on the plane. 
you're flying from Oklahoma, like where was it, Oklahoma City Oklahoma or Dallas? City, yeah. Oklahoma City to Orlando. What is that like a two and a half hour flight? You can't make it the flight without eating on the plane. Apparently not. I don't. I don't know. Like I'd have to travel internationally to eat some yeah. like microwave meal on a plane. Although you're about to have a wedding this fall. And you're going to learn, like, on on your wedding night, you're not going to get to eat, man. Right. Oh, no. I don't. Yeah, I'm not going to. Like, gonna. you will plan to, like, have, like, the food that you want to have because you want to eat it. But you're not going to get to eat. There's, like, a million people that want to say hi to you and say congratulations. And you're just pulled in a million different directions. And, yeah. It's probably for the best that I don't eat because I don't... Uh, I'm not what I would call a responsible eater. So <laughs> I will 100% eat way too much food. And just go straight into a food coma or make myself sick or what? Like, yeah, 100%. Especially yeah. if, like, I don't think we've settled on exactly what food we're going to get. But if it ends up being pasta, I will 100% eat a pound of pasta and just ruin the night yeah. for Rosie. So probably a good thing if I don't yeah. eat that much uh, on the day. There you go. All right. Let's, uh, let's hit hard knocks. Last week, Aaron, I, I told you that I thought we witnessed one of the worst five episodes of Hard Knocks that we had ever seen. I did not think episode two of of this season was any good. I think the complete opposite of episode three is true. This might have been a top five episode for me of all time, and it starts with the drone fly through the star, which was maybe one of the best, however long that lasted, like three minutes of television I've ever seen. So, first off, it's the Dallas Cowboys. They've had a good episode, a bad episode, and a good episode. So that means the last episode is going to be a bad episode because they're going to finish 500. Absolutely. It's going to it's going to end up being a pretty average And it's got to end with, on a disappointing, sour note. No, so, 100%. yeah. 100%. So next week's going to be terrible. Don't even tune in. That drone shot. Did you see the drone shot that went viral? I guess it was last year or maybe earlier this year. But it was the same type of shot, but they flew through a bowling alley. I don't think I did. Okay, well, I'll send it to you okay. when we're done. But, like, it, I didn't do the research, but, like, it was done exactly the same. So I'm very curious if it was the same person or people that did the bowling alley shot. But, yeah, great way to open the the show. Like, to first off, like, I've never actually been to the star. So, like, and I, I, I obviously am aware of it. And I, I knew they had the big practice facility with the 15,000 seats. But, like, I just yeah. didn't realize that, like, outside of that that there were like stores and like it was a whole big like, oh yeah campus like yeah. i knew it was a big area but i didn't realize that it was like a little town basically yeah there's a massive and, hotel there's restaurants there's shopping there's a massive dallas cowboy right. fan shop which like we when we go to dallas now we go in through frisco just so we can stop there first yeah i mean it was it's an awesome facility to see them uh just it, it's such a great way to just give us a tour of the facility in like a four minute span yeah and like to get like a fly on the wall perspective because i mean you get in the, the the film room and you hear the coach or the whoever it was just kind of like testing the mic getting everything set up obviously it was all staged but like you just gotta get a fly on the wall perspective which was a great thing to have um honestly i was and i'm this might be commonplace but like i thought it was a great idea the two practice fields that they have outside, there's a grass and a turf field. So you can practice on whatever surface you're going to be on that week, which I'm, I'm sure in the NFL world, that's a pretty common thing to have. I'm sure even like, Oh, you and OSU have, 
have a couple of practice fields varying in surface. But anyways, yeah, great, great episode. Um, I like the drone shot was great, but for me, I think the obvious star of the Hard Knocks episode, and maybe so far of the season, has to be Trayvon Diggs' son. Oh, he's awesome. Yeah. And like, I love that he calls him Trey. Him. Trey, yeah. Trey, Trey. Yeah, good job out there, Trey. <laughs> Go get him, Trey. Yeah, he's a... Uh, I could have watched that kid on that show for another 15, 20 minutes. If the, I was cracking up whenever the, uh, Trayvon was like, oh, you got, you're got you going to wear your special jersey? Who do you want to meet? Number four? And he's like, number four, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes. He's like, no, not Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh, Patrick Mahomes. Like, oh, Dak Prescott. I'm yeah. so embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah, that kid was awesome. Um, and it's funny and because look, being a parent, I can totally relate to that because my son will like tell me, like that, just just an example. He'll tell me like Zeke Elliott's his favorite football player, right? And then we'll be in front of somebody, and I'll be like, "Hey, tell him who your favorite football player is." And then he'll just be like Dak Prescott, and I'm like, "What? No, that's not what you told me!" Like so many names to remember, right? So that's like it's funny to me because I'm sure he did say Dak Prescott to his dad, and then like kids just randomly will just decide to change it. Yeah, a lot of names. Yeah, learning learning yeah. words, learning names. Especially a, like a, a kid that's like around sports. Like sports is just names. It's just yeah. a constant barrage of names. Um, speaking of Zeke, though, he looks so good in that uh, that little montage they played of him running the ball during that practice. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, look, I know there's like the hard knocks glow and stuff with a lot of these dudes, but like, I again publicly uh confessed cowboys hater but like i'm like this dude's gonna go for this guy's gonna run for 1500 yards this year serious question how many fantasy draft spots do you think he's elevated just because of hard knocks uh i mean he went up on mine seeing him right. cut and jump around and right. those on those runs like that i'm like oh this dude's back now i will say though like on the flip side like watching him just roll up that candy like that sour airhead strip i'm like maybe if zeke like is this how maybe if he like actually like got on a really good diet, like we could cut out some of the issues he's had the last couple of years, bro. But he was you know so meticulous about it. Yeah. Like I'm he's like, done that before. Like that's how he meeting. does it. Oh, every, every time he's in that, you know, every time he's in that room, at least one strip, he's rolling it up and just throwing it in there. But look, I said it on the first week. We talked about it last week and we talked about the first week, like Dak and Zeke are stars like gold mine like hard knock like superstars because they're just both of them are just out there right and they're entertaining and week two we got we didn't get any of either of them this week they went back to the formula from week one we got Dak freaking talking about how he hates mascots zeke's just being zeke like the card game was fun with uh yeah the male guy and micah parsons and zeke and Dak. like i don't know how much of that was staged obviously it was staged but like I don't know if like they're actually playing cards all the time when the cameras aren't there, but it was still fun. Like the camera yeah. guy just chopping it up with those dudes. Are they a uh, mailroom guy? guy like, yeah. Great episode. Fourth generation mailroom guy. How cool is right. that? Which I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't know I didn't that you could just be like, Hey son, you're taking over the mailroom for the Cowboys. Like, okay. A little nepotism makes me sick. What if I wanted that mailroom job? Cowboys royalty. No. They called him for real. He's been there. I mean, longer than anybody. He's been there longer than Jerry Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not not that specific mailroom guy, but the family. Right, the family, yeah. Yeah, it was a great episode, though. Uh, got a little bit more insight to the cake guy. Yeah, Isaac Alarcone. 
Yeah. He, I want uh, cake. I want cake. <laughs> yeah, his uh his mom his mom was a little a little intense for me, but uh as someone who's marrying into a uh Mexican family, I can I can relate yeah. to that scene, maybe maybe a little too much. But uh yeah. It was a good episode. I was I was thoroughly entertained. By, how uh, how about the yeah. uh, the Jaquan Hardy Rex specs? What did he say his vision was? Like negative two hundred. So yes, something like completely ridiculous. And then he loses a contact and can't see, and like just stays in there. It's like uh, like I, when you start talking about like his vision. Like my first thought was the uh, the line. Not the linebacker. Oh, what the guy from Waterboy? I can't remember what position he played, but the one with the lazy eye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was a lineman, but just like that was my immediately immediate thought is like as soon as he takes off his glasses, like his eyes just get all cross-eyed and stuff. But uh, then, like, where the hell they find, like Tiffin College? How the hell did they find this guy? Right. And he he survived this week's round of cuts. Um and it, I loved like the you know the rest of the running back room like giving him a hard time about the rec specs. It's hilarious. His uh, one and one. Yeah, one and one. Like, I'm one and one. One and one. Coach, what? I'm one and one. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nobody knows so, what that means. I I, I just love the uh, arrogance or brashness or confidence, whatever you want to say, to like say this phrase that you made up that you know nobody knows what you're talking about and just say it like what are you stupid i'm one and one right now like what, yeah. do you, what do you think i'm talking about it drop the contact obviously but i mean look at the rest of that running back room i mean there's there's a pretty good possibility he could be the third running back on that roster i mean i don't i mean yeah i mean Rico after tony Dowdle pollard it's wide Knox open done anything Dowdle got cut i believe this week okay so it's down to what like brendan knox and jaquan hardy yeah He's got, a good, he's got a chance. Yeah. That was a good episode, though. There was a lot of goofy stuff. Ben, ben DiNucci just had, like, trying to blame his interceptions on his receivers. Like, not a good yeah. look for old, old DiNucci. Ugh. That, you know, like, that dude's athletic. He's mobile. He has a good arm. He can throw from different arm angles. But, man, the decision-making is not good. Yeah, so he's got to be the one that gets cut, right? I would think so. I heard an interview this week where Jerry Jones like basically said that Cooper Rush can do everything in the offense that needs to be done. They love Cooper Rush for some reason. Uh, so I think like more than anything, like Cooper Rush may not be as physically gifted as Ben DiNucci, but like he's also not going to lose you the game either. So it kind of well, sounds even like... That, even at that point, is he ahead of Garrett Gilbert right now? I wouldn't think so. I think it would be Gilbert and then Cooper Rush. But if they want to keep two quarterbacks and they just feel more confident that Cooper Rush knows the playbook and can just like at least let the playmakers right. win you games, then I mean they might go that route. I mean, I don't I, I, I think Garrett Gilbert is more talented, but I don't think it's by such a large margin that if the other guy like clearly just knows the offense better and you feel like more comfortable that he can run the offense that you wouldn't go that way. So, I mean, it doesn't matter at the end of the day, if Dak goes down, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's any of those three. She's over. Exactly. We saw, I mean, Andy Dalton is significantly better than all three of those guys. And he like, couldn't do anything. With 1000%. That offense last year. 
Uh, we also got, uh, I love seeing Amari Cooper run routes. Yeah, I, we, I mentioned it last week that yeah. he just has been completely absent. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he hadn't been practicing, so he was just kind of standing around. But, yeah, I love the uh, the interaction with uh, him and CD with uh, Amari. Oh, that CD even said, it, like, I like number one. Like, that first move was pretty dirty. Yeah. That whenever uh, Amari was giving him the breakdown on uh, how to beat the guys on press. When he's been out there, man, he has been a beast. Uh, the problem is, you know, he's been either hurt uh, and not playing or severely hurt and, you know, a a fraction of himself when he's been on the football field. But when he's been out there full strength, like, he's just been a monster. And I'll, look, I'll eat crow on that because I said it was three years ago when the Cowboys traded, gave up a first round for him. And I think it was justified to an extent because he was – very disappointing in Oakland. Like he had that great rookie year. Yeah. And then each year after that, he had just kind of declined. And I mean, look, I mean, obviously getting in a better system and, you know, we, you know, I don't know if I call the Cowboy system great, but for as far as Amari, like having Dak throwing to him and all that stuff is, it's working out significantly yeah. better. But I mean, yeah, he's been, when he's on the field for Dallas, I mean, he's an elite tier receiver. And we talked about it a couple weeks ago or something like that, that, it's hard to like quantify it that once you get to the top, like who's better than who, but like he's in that top tier of route runners in the NFL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we we ta- I think we even like kind of broke down the list last week of like who those guys are, and it's I mean, it's Amari Cooper, it's uh, like Keenan Allen, um, Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen is absolutely in that group. Yeah, I mean, there's a. Uh, there's a list of about five or six guys that I think are the the cream of the crop in terms of just route running, and he's in that group. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's luckily they're deep at receiver that like if he misses a couple of games to start the season, like it's yeah. definitely not like a death blow to the Cowboys' ability to win games. But I mean, he they're significantly better with him on the field because I mean that just takes so much pressure off of Michael Gallup and Ceedee Lamb. Yeah. Yeah, and I, good Lord, I have the biggest man crush on Micah Parsons. I, uh, yeah, he's... The savior. How'd he look uh, in the their last preseason game? I didn't watch any of it. I mean, again, he's just, he's all over the place, you know? Like, he's a rookie and he's going to make mistakes, but, I mean, it's it's not a lack of effort or a lack of physicality or a lack of physical ability to just do whatever you need him to do. Like he is good night. He is a machine. Okay. I got a question for you. I mean, and I'm glad you brought up Micah because it reminded me of this. I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought up like the idea of trading Jalen Smith because at this point Mm -hmm. right now, like real, like you're the two best linebackers on Dallas have been Micah Parsons and Keanu Neal. So, if those are the if you're starting those two dudes, that leaves Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith as like fighting for that third spot. Jalen's got to be the guy you trade, right? I mean, first off, he's got the bigger contract, so to be if you could get that off the books, like that's a bigger win. If you would, first off, would you trade either of those guys? And if would Jalen be the guy if you had to trade one? I mean, it's just like I don't. If you had to trade one, Jalen is definitely the guy. A, because I think just from an athletic ability, like you're going to get more for him than probably anybody else. Uh, B, you're also moving off of all that money. So that would be beneficial to you. But like, I think 
Cowboy fans, I don't I don't know how Cowboy fans feel about the possibility of trading one of these guys because anybody that's followed this team for a long time can tell you like the injury bug that has struck the linebacking core for like as long as I can remember is not something that I would ignore. Like I know you have four healthy bodies right now that like all are good players and there's a little bit of a log jam, but the Cowboys have never made it through an entire season where they weren't losing multiple linebackers and it's been a it's been at a significant cost because the guys that you're bringing in in that second wave have been such a massive letdown that you know everything kind of crumbles around it so like there was a I, I don't even remember the stat now but there was a stat for a while when like the Cowboys record when Sean Lee was just on the football field compared to when he wasn't on the football field and it was, I mean, it was like night and day. It was like 80% wins to like 20% wins. It was, it was like something completely ridiculous. And, you know, that's one of those positions, especially in today's NFL, the way that linebackers have to play multi-dimensional football. I, I think you need bodies. It's a lot like the running back position. It's the running back position of defense. Like, I think you need multiple bodies because getting like one or two guys through an entire season in that position, just, it, it doesn't seem super realistic. Yeah. I think that, uh, I think too, I, I like, first off, I like the way that they built that linebacker core because it gives them a lot of versatility, especially like the, with the way that tight ends are now in the league. And, and I, I was thinking about like, the, there, there's not really like, I wouldn't say the league is deep at tight end, but like, those top tier tight ends are such mis- mismatches for a lot of linebackers like yeah. Travis Kelsey, obviously what, what we expect from Kyle Pitts, um, like George Kittles, like those are such mismatches that if you have a guy like Micah Parsons or Keanu Neal, who can match up with them, uh, and pass coverage, I mean, that helps a lot. And then obviously Leighton Vanderush is a behemoth. If you're playing a team like Seattle and you need somebody that can check Chris Carson, you know, every play, like yeah. maybe having a guy like Leighton Vanderush would be a great, you know, guy to throw in there for that game. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe the rotation changes from game to game if they keep all four. I'm, I I'm not sure, but um, I do like the way they built it. Um, obviously, I mean, I, I guess, you know, I, for me, getting Count O'Neill was kind of like an under-the-radar thing. That was something that I really didn't even think about or wasn't really super aware of until the preseason started. So, And then the Kamara kids looked okay in preseason. Um I've heard that that uh, I've heard some people say they don't think he'll end up making the roster. So we'll see. They're just so. I mean, they also drafted Jabril yeah. Cox. Like they just got too many. There's too many players at that position that yeah. are pretty damn good players. So I mean, if you keep Jalen Smith and Vanderesh, you're looking at Vanderesh, Smith, Parsons, and Neal, and I mean, they're not going to cut Jabril Cox. Like he just he's a he just, they just drafted him. Yeah, I like so, Jabril I mean, Cox a lot dude. too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's five dudes right there at the linebacker position alone so yeah i mean it'd be tough to imagine that kamara makes it right yeah i don't know man i'm uh i'm i'm really fighting the urge to like raise the expectations but for the uh, team or for, for the team micah yeah. parsons? for the team no like, micah I mean, Parsons. i've already got the expectations for micah okay. parsons is already like hall of fame like i'm i'm okay. through the okay. roof on micah parsons so right, i don't think i could go any him. higher on the expectations for micah parsons but look that is it getting higher because of the the hard knocks like shine or is it just because like you're you're watching the preseason games and you're watching dudes like micah parsons and keanu neal play well both 
Okay. Look, yeah. I don't think that you're – I don't think it's insane. As a Cowboys fan, I would definitely be skeptical just because, you know, you've watched them for the last 10 years. Yeah. They have great rosters and yeah. disappoint you. But I don't think it's unreasonable to get your hopes up. First off, that division sucks. Outside of – if Washington's the only real threat, and it's because of their defense. But, I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick could be a disaster. That dude could throw 30 picks this year. I mean, who knows? So, like, that's a toss-up. But outside of that, like, Dallas should roll through Philadelphia and New York, theoretically, like, as far as on paper. Like, they're significantly better than both those teams. They're not They're not going to play a playoff schedule. So, they won't have the toughest schedule outside of their division. I don't I, – look, I think it's completely justified. As long as Dak stays healthy and the shoulder thing continues to improve and – I mean, there was the, the you know the thing, the report the other day that said that Dak's not going to be 100 percent healthy at any point this season. Which who is? I, I jo- I, right. Well, I also sort of jokingly tweeted that yeah. they're already making excuses to go eight and nine oh, or nine yeah. and eight. Right. Like, oh, well, just so you know, our quarterback, she's going to be banged up all year. Okay. Well, that's an excuse already. Yeah. Not not saying it's not legitimate, but if Dak is if Dak can be 90 percent of what he looked like last year before he broke his ankle, like. This is an 11 win team, 12 wins maybe. Yeah, like they could go 12 and five in that division, 100 if Dak is healthy. Yeah, can even they win Zeke, the playoffs? If, that's the that's a right. completely different question for sure. But yeah, even if Zeke isn't healthy, like Tony Pollard's completely serviceable as a backup. Yeah, you change your offense a little bit, obviously, but like he 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 was good last year. He was fine. Yeah, agreed. Uh, any other NFL uh, thoughts before we? Uh, switch over to college football yeah so we talked about this a few weeks ago before like when camp was first kicking off if about like these dudes sitting out a year of college and coming in the nfl we've seen a lot of them like like jamar chase all like all the reports i've seen is he's been absolutely terrible lots of drops yeah yeah lots of drops like can't separate and the separation thing might might be an issue regardless if he played last year or not in college but like uh, Panay Sewell, and I know they moved Sewell to the right side of the line in Detroit, but apparently that's been a disaster. Like, are you kind of like at the point now where maybe sitting out a year is like potentially hindering these dudes from having good camps? I mean, Micah Parsons set out a year and he looks like the best player great. on the field every time he's out there. Um, yeah. Rashawn Slater apparently looked pretty good until his back thing started flaring up in, in LA. I guess, yeah. I, yeah, yeah I don't, I mean, I, I think that it's, look, making, I don't care who you are, making the transition to the NFL is not an easy thing anyway. So, yeah, I think it's going to be tougher for guys that haven't played in a year than guys that have, but, like, it's it's tough for anybody to, like, transition from, like, facing college competition to, like, the guys that are trying to make NFL rosters. Like, it's, that's not even close to the same talent level. Guys that are getting cut right now in NFL camps are miles and miles and miles better than 90% of the players that these guys see in college. Yeah. Oh, okay. One more thing. How, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad do you feel for Cam Newton? Why would I feel bad for Cam Newton? Okay, so uh, did you hear the story about him like leaving like the area of the their camp to go like have some medical thing done and he didn't do the uh like covid test properly and he had to sit out five days of practice no i didn't oh so he got it was an approved like 
absence to go like I I don't remember what he was leaving for, but he left like the the New England area to go have some like medical tests done. Yeah. He did all the COVID tests, passed them, but there was some miscommunication on like the actual like procedures that were not followed. So the NFL made him sit out five days oh. of their practice. And there was a report yesterday that people, a lot, of, most, a lot of people on the New England beat are pretty confident that Mac Jones is going to be the starter now. That's they can, rough. Like, That's rough. And like knew it in the Patriots organization even said that it was their fault that yeah. this happened. And like, he just sits out five days of practice and like, two weeks before the season starts and Mac Jones just goes in there and is, I assume lighting. I mean, he's been f- he fantastic. Looked, he's and, looked terrific. Yeah. Yeah. But Cam hasn't looked bad either. So like if Cam just would have been able to practice, Cam probably would still be the starter. I feel bad look, for him though. Cam, unless you're, unless Mac Jones doesn't know the playbook and can't run the offense. Like this is a no brainer. Can't Mac Jones should be the starter. If, if he can run the offense, if he knows the playbook and he can execute the playbook, then he should be the starter. But the the offense is going to be different between the two quarterbacks, obviously, because Cam's going to run the ball a lot right. more. So, but I mean, Josh McDaniels and Bill Belichick are good enough coaches; they'll figure out an offense for either quarterback, and it'll probably be at least pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, Mac Jones is like, I mean, he's been the best rookie quarterback throughout the preseason, and I would say all of them have looked, all the first round guys have looked pretty good. All five of them flashes. have had good moments. Yeah. Yeah, but Mac Jones has consistently just been amazing. Yeah, I mean, it helps that New England plays their starters like yeah. three quarters every preseason game too, though. But well, and the the thing that he was given the most credit for going into this draft was the IQ, and you know he probably he probably has a better grasp on what New England is asking him to do than what the other rookie quarterbacks are being asked to do. He probably has absorbed more of the playbook sure. and all, you know, like that's, those are the things that when we were, you know, having our draft conversations about the quarterbacks, I'm like, clearly Mac Jones physically isn't on the same level as any of these guys. Like that, there's no disputing that, but we can't quantify the IQ part of it to, you know, that makes up for some of that gap. So it's hard to like compare him to these guys because if that's his strength, like, we can't really like compare what that means in terms of, but I think you're kind of seeing that in this preseason. Like he's, he seems to have complete control of the offense and looks super comfortable out there. And uh, he's, he's done nothing but play well. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I still have high expectations for yeah. look, even Zach Wilson, my expectations are pretty high right now. Yeah. Just based on what I've seen from the preseason. I understand he hasn't played like starters or anything like that, but he's looked good. Justin Fields, a little up and down, yeah. but like had really good moments. But Trey Lance looked good. Uh, Trevor Lawrence looked good. By the way, home run pick by Urban Meyer with the ETM pick in the first round. Just knocked it out of the park, taking a running back in the first round. Uh, coming off of, uh, you know, James Robinson being a great running back last year. Thousand so. yard back. Urban Meyer already yeah. uh, nailing it, picking the... Uh, uh, running back that ran more than any running back in this draft in college. Yeah. In the first round. Yeah. Um, I, I, if I skip urban Meyer in a second, remind me, uh, I need to come back to that, but real quick, sticking with the quarterback conversation, Mac Jones should be the starter for new England. Justin Fields should be the starter for Chicago. Trevor Lawrence should be the starter for Jacksonville. Zach Wilson should be the starter for the Jets. And depending, once again, depending 
on how much of the offense Trey Lance can run at this point in San Francisco, if he can run, I, I don't know what number I would put on it, but if you feel comfortable with being able to run the majority of your offense, 80% of it, let's say, I think he should be your quarterback. Like, all of these guys are clearly the best option to win football games for each of those teams unless you're going to tell me, like, they can't run the full offense. And if that's the case, then I, I totally get it, and you need more time, and you need to let those guys get more comfortable and, and learn what they're going to be asked to do. But, like, there nobody's going to convince me that if you are the Chicago Bears, that it is a better option for you to play Andy Dalton than Justin Fields right now. So... Trevor Lawrence was named the starter after their Monday night game Finally, against New yeah. Orleans. Zach Wilson is definitely starting because that quarterback room is the worst quarterback yeah. room in the NFL. Their backups are Mike White, James Morgan, and Josh Johnson. Stop me if you've heard of any of those guys not named Josh Johnson. Yeah. Andy Dalton was named the starter week one, I'm pretty sure. So, But that won't last long. If the Bears start 0-2, like, there's going to be a, a revolt throughout that that fan base that Justin Fields is starting and Matt Nagy who I, I think Matt Nagy is one of the worst coaches in the league he's I mean he's gonna have to save his job so he's gonna throw Fields in there pretty early probably and then well one of the I frustrating that, things I think in the NFL is these guys that are trying to save their jobs for some reason want to sit the rookie quarterbacks because they feel like it gives them more time like, because you've got this guy, but he's, he's like, it, if you yeah. tell the front office, like, he's not ready, we need a little bit more time with him, then it extends your leash as well. And I'm like, look, if you are Anthony Lynn a year ago and you're sitting there telling me that Justin Herbert's not ready and we're going to play this other guy and then Justin Herbert gets in there and is clearly the better player, then you you get fired immediately. That's a bad misevaluation. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the Tyrod the Tyra Taylor thing was like terrible, like the way that it happened. Right. Like, I feel super bad for the dude. Absolutely, there was no way that Justin Herbert wasn't from week one the better quarterback. Right. So, and I think the same thing again. I think the same thing is true of Justin the the Fields Andy Dalton situation. Um, 100%. You know, again with the Trey Lance deal, he didn't play. Like you know, it's it's been a while since he's even played football, so I understand like there might be. Uh, a little bit more time. He might need a little bit more time. And that was also one of the big knocks on him coming in. Uh, but uh, like the Gar the Garoppolo Lance situation feels a lot like the Alex Smith, Colin Kaepernick situation where the yeah. team is good enough to win with Garoppolo or with Alex Smith that like, you don't need to throw that other kid in there just yet because you could probably win most games just with your, I mean, they're, 49ers are stacked. Yeah, run the like, football, if, play good defense. If Trey Lance plays 13 games this year, I, he's probably my favorite to win Rookie of the Year because he's just going to have the easiest time of any of the rookie quarterbacks to be successful just because the system's great that Kyle Shanahan runs and like the weapons that he has around him are just top-notch. Top, top like Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel on the outside and a healthy George Kittle. George Kittle played... I think he played six games last year and had like 500 yards receiving or something yeah, like that. Stud. Maybe it was eight games. And he had 600 yards. Like the dude is a beast. We all know that. But yeah, I mean, the Trey Lance thing, I, I, he's the only one that I'm like, there's no reason to start him right away unless like he is 
got the playbook down, like you said, yeah. almost close to 100% because they're still going to be competitive and win games with Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. Agreed. But, yeah, I mean, if he if he's there, then, like, I you know, I don't think you need to hold him back. But, yeah, with the Trey Lance thing, I think it's it's much more reasonable to ease him in than in the other situations. But, like, there is no reason to me for Justin Fields to not be starting in Chicago. Again, unless, like... Unless he literally is is not understanding the offense and can't run what you're trying to run, then like I get that, but I don't I don't get the impression that's the case. And and based on reports that I've read, uh, Andy Dalton has struggled to execute the offense. So, well, I mean, Andy Dalton had one of the best weapon groups in the NFL last year, and was he had some good games, obviously a couple of decent games, but like for the most part, it was a disaster. And I know yeah. I know the line was pretty terrible, but still, I mean, it's not like Chicago has a great offensive line either. So yeah, uh, I'm right now. I am seeing reports that the uh, Tyron Woodley Jake Paul press conference has uh, resulted in complete chaos to the point that, like, I guess there was like a, a near brawl, and uh, it got really wild. You uh you buying that fight? Uh yes. He's the that's, that's, he's the that's older my weak face. Right? Yes, I will I will be watching oh, that yeah, fight. Yeah, spent sixty bucks on that. Yeah. Let's just say I will I be watching it. the fight. Okay, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'll be tuning in for sure. Because I'm like, of course, I can't not watch it. I hate the idea of these like MMA guys fighting like boxing because it's just I don't know it's but oh well I mean I would use the I would use the phrase MMA guy loosely with uh so Jake Paul Jake Paul right no Tyron Woodley's the MMA guy he was a boxing guy first though right? oh no Tyron Woodley I'm Tyron Woodley former yeah, yeah. Uh, UFC welterweight champion yeah yeah. Ben Askren, also former uh, former UFC fighter, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's just like, but I can't get, I can't not watch the train wreck that that this thing is. I mean, it's, I mean, it's a personality him. flaw without a doubt. Like I fully admit that it's a personality flaw of mine that something is as bad, and I'm willing to admit it's bad. Something as bad as Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley is is ultimately going to get my attention. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to say about the uh, Paul brothers, but I will say though they are absolute geniuses when it comes to marketing, and and I mean they've made a lot of money by just going out there and having Floyd Mayweather hug them for fifteen minutes. Yeah. Another fight that I watched, and I was just like, "This is, this is atrocious." I mean that, and they seem to be taking it pretty seriously as far as like training goes, but like. I mean, you can't you can't train for five years and get in and do anything with Floyd Mayweather. Floyd Mayweather's arguably the greatest boxer of all time. Yeah. So I mean, it, that was exactly what everybody expected. Because I mean, why would Floyd go in there and take a chance of getting clocked by freaking Jake Paul? Well, and it's not like Floyd was knocking out you know 140 pound Anybody. dudes anyway. Much less right, a guy that weighs like 250 dude. or whatever Logan yeah. Paul weighs. Like Logan right. Paul's a monster. Yeah, they're both gigantic. Yeah. 
I mean, saying, I mean, I give Jake Paul a lot of credit. Like the dude works his ass off. Like literally the guy's posting his training videos all the time. He, he's working hard on being good at boxing. He's put in the work. It's, he, it's not like he's some scrub that like just wants to be a boxer and calls himself a boxer and like doesn't train to box. So he's worked his ass off to do it. He's young and he's fighting guys that aren't boxers. Like apparently the scuffle involved Tyron Woodley's mom. Yeah, that's what I saw. It said like, I guess Jake Paul may have said something about uh, his mom and he got mad and said, don't talk about my mom and. There oh we go. God. It always starts Free with game. the mom. Train wreck, man. Yeah, it always starts with the mom. Anyway, yeah, Sunday well, night. I will. Uh, if you if you're wondering like what I'm up to on Sunday night, I'll be watching Tyron Woodley and Jake Paul. And, uh, and Tommy Fury, by the way, who is fighting in the first fight on that card. Tommy Fury, younger brother of. Uh, Heavyweight champion Tyson Fury, also star of season five of uh, Love Island UK. Big fan of Love Island. Big fan of Love Island UK here, by the way. Yeah, Love Island UK is awesome. I love the uh, British vocabulary, uh, listening to British people say the same thing as American people, but using completely different words is, uh, is like one of my favorite things, so... Does it trip you out whenever you see a uh, like a small child with a British accent and like you just like because like I feel like for myself like I instinctually just like associate that accent with like the Queen yes or like old cranky ass men yes and I'm like you're you're six why do you talk like you're seventy yeah small children just, with accents whole, of any kind yeah I I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about it's a it's a mind deaf. Totally. It's a, whole, it's a whole mind freak. Totally is. I just can't even, like, I can't handle it. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways. Yeah, I'm not going to be tuning into the uh, the big Paul Woodley fight. I would Now, I will say, now, if it's, like, Tyrone and his mom versus Jake Paul, okay, now Like, tag now team in. action? Yeah. Yeah, like, two-on-one, yeah, now okay. I'm in. Fair enough. Do something different. Fair enough. Circus show anyway, why not as well just get crazy with it? Yeah. What else are you going to be doing on Sunday night? Sleeping. Okay. It's my birthday, actually. I don't know. I don't oh, know really? Happy birthday. Happy yeah. early birthday. Yeah. Big, big 3 0. Oh, the, uh, wow. It's time to get my own cell phone plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I turned 30, I was like, all right, no more excuses. Like, I can't, like, I, I just, I don't know. Internally, for some reason, like, when I turned 30, I just felt like I, I didn't have the excuse of, like, being in my 20s. I don't, <laughs> still figuring it out. Just, I'm in my yeah. 20s. I'm still figuring it right. out. Right. Right. Well, I'm sure that uh, hopefully that, that clicks for me. I know Rosie will be pretty happy if I'm no more excuses. Right. At, at about I think three days. Uh, so my son's birthday is on Monday. Well, there you go. Yeah. The five, five, right? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. He turns five. Big five. Big O five. Yeah. We had to, we had a party last weekend because. Basically, all of our family is going to be gone this weekend, and so yeah, we had to do it like a week early. But nice. yeah, big birthday party yeah, on uh, on Monday uh, at the house just with us, and uh, I got him the new F one racing game. You were on PlayStation Four, uh, giving it to him early. Yeah, yeah, I ended up holding out. Yeah, nice. I saw he got a big uh, big car garage. 
Yes, he got the uh, the Hot Wheel. I think it's called the Hot Wheels Ultimate Garage, and it's as tall as he is. And there's like a massive T Rex in the middle of it that you like crank nice. to the top, and then when you send cars down the swirly ramp that loops the entire thing like five times, the T Rex goes down this like elevator thing and tries to eat the cars. Uh, it's pretty intense. Look, shout out to you because I would I got well I got Hot Wheel stuff like that. Like I love the cars. I had a ton of Hot Wheel cars, but like I would get like the tracks and stuff like that sometimes. Yeah, and I just utter frustration putting them together. So. Well, this is like the fifth or sixth different like massive ramp type garage, whatever you want to call it, that he's had. And everyone up to this point has taken like hours to put together because it's a million different small parts and none of them fit together well and they're not sturdy. So shout out to Hot Wheels for this one because this thing didn't have a ton of parts. All the pieces are big and sturdy and easy. And like, I put it together in like 30 minutes. It all snapped together, really simple. Like you could push that thing over and it is not coming apart. So uh, I was really thrilled about, so, I, yeah, I was really thrilled about this one. And in comparison to all the after, other ones we've ever had. But like, I grew up as a kid. Years, Hot Wheels, finally. I never got the like, you know, the the cool bases or the like tracks. Like I got like a Hot Wheel or I got a G.I. Joe or a Transformer. I never got like the Transformers base or the G.I. Joe like plane or like any of the cool I stuff. Really... I just got the base like, okay, here's two Hot Wheels or here's two G.I. Joes. Look, so this kid look, like I it's really. Yeah, know, he yeah. gets all the like actual like he's got a ton of Hot Wheels, but he gets like these massive garages and ramps. And I'm like telling you know my family and my in laws, I'm like, you guys are spoiling the hell out of this kid. Look, when I was a kid, like the bases and the garages were great, but like the best accessory for your Hot Wheels cars was the little rug with the city on it. He has that too. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. he, then he's already he's got the best yeah. already. Yeah, he's got the rug with the city already on it, and then the entire rug, Aaron, is surrounded by more garages and car washes and loops. And So basically what you're telling me is he's going to grow up to be a city planner? Potentially. He's going to be doing blueprints for a city? Uh, Potentially. Although I asked him, literally, I'm glad you brought this up, I asked him yesterday, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he has a list. So he, his exact response was, I want to be a Formula One driver. Okay. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a cowboy. I want to be an Olympic swimmer and an Olympic basketball player. Okay, so, so like that's, he's, at least he's giving himself like broad opportunities to like, he's not pigeonholing himself into like yeah. one area. Like, yeah. He's keeping his options open. Yeah, he's going to drive race cars and fly to the moon and uh, rope cows and uh yeah then represent his country in swimming and hoops it's got to be pretty easy to herd cows in a formula one car (laughs) i mean that might be the way to do it right my brother when he was that age i remember because my dad would always ask i he's my half brother so we have different dads but my dad would always ask him like hey what do you want to be when you grow up and uh, my brother's response for like from age like four to like eight it was always like, ah, I think I'm going to work for the county. <laughs> just want to work for the county, man. I'm going to go go operate that, that backhoe and work 
for the county and i was, I was that's amazing oh I, 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 it was funny yeah it was pretty funny but uh accomplish his dreams living the dream so yeah. you know shout out to him for making his dreams come true there you go but yeah it was so funny that like cause even me i was always like oh i want to be a baseball player or something right. and he's just like huh probably just work for the county that's, that's that's i would die like i would like, like of laughter yeah. if yeah oh i mean it out of a, like, like six-year-old's mouth Every two weeks for like four years. Yeah. Every every time. Yeah. So yeah, it was pretty funny. Yeah, mine was always like, I want to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. I want to be the be a shortstop in Major League Baseball. I want to be a point guard in the NBA. Like you know, like stuff that was totally within the realm of possibility. And right. Uh, yeah. 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 My brother, like to your point, my dad for a long time was a truck driver, and my brother for like a long time wanted to be a truck driver. So, yeah, but I think there's, I think there's something like exciting about being a truck driver. Yeah. Like, no, I'm like not there's, saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm saying, but no, that's no, no, like, not like the I'm grand, saying, no. like quarterback I'm, at the Super Bowl, Right. But I could see like how kids would want to be like, to, you know, like see that, like, Oh, that would be yeah, so cool yeah. to do. Yeah. Right. Drive a big truck yeah, drive all the a, time. Yeah. Yeah, so... No, I I meant that just in terms of, like, doing something that's completely obtainable versus, like, having this obscured reality where you actually think, like, hey, and I'm not saying that anybody shouldn't try for their dreams, but look, like, the the majority of people are limited by their physical abilities to be able to, like, be the quarterback for a Super Bowl winning team, so... Look, maybe I should... Maybe maybe my life would be better off if I was, you know, trying to be a general manager of Panda Express or something when I was five. Yeah. Who knows? So, anyway. Uh, dude, we have college football this weekend. There are college football games this weekend. Are you aware? Uh, week of zero, right? So, we're. Yeah. I assume we're getting a Hawaii game because they always play week zero. Yes, Hawaii plays uh, somebody, like a, a name school. I'm trying to remember who it is. Um, I had the schedule up just a second ago and then... Got to love when the phone closes it. Uh, Hawaii. UCLA. That's it. UCLA. Yeah. What? They're playing in LA. I, you always, Hawaii always opens up week zero with a home game at like 11 yeah. PM on a Friday night. Nebraska, Illinois, like you're getting a big 10 game Saturday. Big 10 conference yeah. game. Yeah. UCF Boise state. That that's a pretty fun. I mean, that's, Next Thursday, but fun game. But yeah, Saturday, like Hawaii, UCLA, and uh, Nebraska, Illinois should be fun. I mean, definitely relevant to OU fans. I mean, they're going to be playing Nebraska in a few weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nebraska in action this weekend. So, I, I mean, look, I'm not trying to to sell any of these games as blockbusters, but if you are craving real football... Like we have college football games and we have Power Five teams playing. Conference so, games. Conference games. We have a conference game. Yeah. Yeah. Part yeah. of the new uh, alliance. Yeah. Big college football alliance. Thursday. Yeah. You mentioned next Thursday night. You uh, UCF and Boise. Ohio State's playing next Thursday night. A lot of games. Minnesota. Thursday, so Ohio State's also opening up with a conference game. What? Wait, there's a full slate of games next Thursday. Yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Full slate of games Friday night, too. Yeah, Virginia Tech, North Carolina on Friday. That should be a pretty good game. 
Kansas might get their only win of the season against South Dakota next Friday night. Definitely a coin flip. Michigan State, Northwestern, Northwestern. I mean, Northwestern played in the Big Ten Championship game last year, yeah. right? Yeah. They're not a bad squad. No. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for uh obviously I'll watch this Saturday, but then like, you know, next week we have like four straight days of college football. Uh Georgia Clemson next Saturday. I mean it's a the week one slate of games in college football this year is might be the best we've had in like five or six years. Yeah. Like from the eleven AM eleven AM kickoff till the like late games, like there's great matchups throughout the day. Yeah, Big and State I'm West glad Boston. that happens on a week that OU is playing Tulane on pay per view. Right. At eleven AM. Stanford, Kansas State, if you're interested in seeing a game, 16 to 13. <laughs> Alabama, Miami. Like, there's a lot of people that have Miami, like, as a playoff team this year. So, I, I don't think there's a lot of people that anticipate them beating Alabama. But, like, there's high expectations for Derek King and Miami this year. Like, that's a great game. Indiana, Iowa. Yeah. There's a lot of good games uh, next Saturday. Yeah, and I think Sunday Louisiana, night we get Notre Dame, Florida State. and then, Which could be a disaster. Yeah, but I mean, it's Notre Dame, Florida State, names. so like the names are there. Yeah. yeah, the names are there, and then the Monday night game, I'm you know Louisville, Ole Miss. Like, okay, I'll watch it, but I don't know. It doesn't like. I'm not. Uh, we'll see what Lane Kiffin can do with salivating actual, like, for that matchup. Yeah, year of recruiting. Uh, what time Oklahoma State plays at uh, their prime time week one? Right, uh, Missouri State at like six or seven p.m. They play at uh, six, yeah, on ESPN Plus. Okay. So, but yeah, I, I, they're legitimate. Like, legitimately, Texas might lose to Louisiana. They might on Saturday. Saturday, like their quarterback situation from everything I've seen has been an absolute, an absolute disaster. Like, I think even uh, Steve Sarkeesian said that the quarterbacks are not, none of the quarterbacks are performing up to standard right now in camp. That was about a week ago. So, like, maybe something's changed. But, like, Louisiana, they're ranked preseason. And, like, they were pretty good last year. Like, that's definitely a game that I could see Texas dropping. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, will be like, they'll either lose that game and everybody sells all their Texas stock for the season. Or they'll they'll win by forty, and uh, I don't know Joe Tessitore or somebody's going to be screaming Texas is back at the end of the game. Right? Um, did Tessitore start that? I think he did. I think it was Tessitore. That's why I, I said was, that, but I could be wrong. I mean, it was the Notre Dame game. I remember it was the Notre Dame game on Labor Day weekend. It was a great game. Like it yeah. was an awesome game. Yeah, it came down to the very end. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember, I just can't remember if it was Tessitore or who was doing the play-by-play, but I'm just curious if they'd started that night, and then obviously it's become what it's... Well, and then Sam Ellinger had his, like, we're back after yeah. the Georgia game, and yeah. <laughs> By the way, oh. speaking of Sam Ellinger, have you, did you hear Jim Ursay or him to Aaron Rodgers? No. Oh, yeah, Jim Ursay, Colt Hunter, in a press conference the other day, compared Sam Ellinger to uh, Aaron Rodgers. Uh, that might be the most ridiculous comparison I've ever heard. 
pulling up the article right now. Let me see if I can find the actual quote. Uh, he said, quote, with Sam, we're, we're always hoping, and you think, where's the next Montana or Brady? Could that be him? You just don't know. I Look, I understand his sentiment, but I think we could all kind of just and just say that Sam Ellinger is probably not going to be Joe Montana or Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> I, Could he be a decent quarterback? Ceiling, yes. Ceiling is he's a starter for you know a four-win team. Yeah, he could so be you, a you starter and be like in the back half of starting quarterbacks in the NFL. But so I thought that was really funny. Yeah. Like, he doesn't even have great arm talent. Like, Aaron Rodgers, arguably, like, maybe next to Patrick Mahomes, yep. those two guys are the two two greatest arm talents I've ever seen in my entire life. Yep. And Sam Ellinger is not even in that same... Like, he's, like, six tiers down. Like, I, we've I mean, seen Sam be. Ellinger up close on multiple occasions, and he it's not even close. Right. There was a point where... Ellinger was there at Texas so long that, like, you would think he's your best player on the field. Maybe we shouldn't run him 30 times a game, and we should let him, you know, just kind of stand in the pocket and throw to save our best. Because he was their best player in Texas. Like, yeah, I don't for think sure. there's much arguing that he was the best player there. But no, even no concern to even, like, maybe protect him a little bit yeah. and keep him healthy throughout a season. It was just straight up, just halfback or quarterback power 15 times a yeah. game. So. Yeah, I mean, I give him credit. I think he improved as a passer every year. And he, he you like, know, with, with uh, who'd they have? Colin Johnson and Lil Jordan Humphrey and Devin Duvernay. Like, he made some plays through the air. But, like, early in his career, there was legitimately the conversation about late and close games, whether you needed to play Shane Bouchelle or not. Because yeah. Shane Bouchelle could throw the ball vertically. And Shane Bouchelle doesn't have a great arm. Like, he has no. a good arm. I'm not, like, saying that his is bad, but... He's not somebody that you would say is in the like, you know, Baker Mayfield like velocity category. And he was the the guy that they were saying like you got to have somebody throwing the ball vertically. Like Shane Bouchelle is clearly the better option. Right. I will say like I after you know covering him his senior year, the Big Twelve Media Day, or I guess it was his junior year. Like I thought he was real. I like I liked the kid. Like I thought he was. I off the field really impressive, and obviously like he's you know, physical, yeah. impressive dude in the, on the field. But there's just not a lot of examples of quarterbacks that play the way that he plays translating to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, Tebow's the ultimate example. And it just, he, you know, got hot that first year in Denver. But after that, it was just a huge downfall. I mean, obviously he lost his job to Peyton Manning, you know, after he had that, you know, good rookie year and led him to that playoff win against Pittsburgh. But like, I mean, the dude can't even make it. In the, he can't do anything in the NFL at this point, which... Yeah. Yeah, whatever. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be an up, uphill battle for sure for uh, Sam Ellinger. Yeah. Could be Aaron Rodgers, though. Who could uh, be Tom Brady? Who knows? Tough tough spot there for the Colts. What are you talking about? They drafted Carson Wentz. He's going to give them a good five, six games this year. And then you have to turn it over to Sam Ellinger. Right. There's not, I, I mean, it, there's not a worse quarterback position in the NFL than the Colts quarterback position, right? I mean, New York's pretty. The Jets are pretty terrible. We just mentioned. I mean, give me Zach Wilson over anybody on the court. Yeah, Yeah. but yeah, but as far as your backups go, I mean, 
I don't know. I mean, Jacob Eason's supposedly been pretty good. Yeah. Big arm. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yikes. There's a lot of bad. I mean, we, I don't know if we talked about it. We talked about the running backs last week a little bit, but there's a lot of quarterback rooms that are not very good right now in the NFL past the starter. Yeah. Well, I think everybody's just, I think we've reached this point in the NFL where uh, like offenses have changed so much that everybody's really gambling with different types of players as their backup quarterback to see like, you know, what might work and what might not. So I think too, I think as well, you, you look at a lot of starting quarterbacks, like they are just so impossible to replicate as far as like running a sit. Cause you're going to build your system around your starting quarterback, obviously, but it's so difficult to find dudes is a backup. that can like replicate that offense yeah. in the way that that starting quarterback, like Kyler Murray, where are you going to find a, another quarterback? That's not starting caliber. They can even do anything close to what Kyler Murray can do. Yeah. Or can. Aaron Rodgers or Pat Mahomes. Like you just can't, you go from Pat Mahomes to Chad Henney. That's right. the reality of yeah. like your transition in the NFL right now from your starter to your backup. Yeah. Which is why when people are like, well, they're backup court. I'm like, look, if you're at the backup quarterback, you're not beating the best teams in the NFL anyway. So there's no chance. Yeah. You just can't keep up. Yeah. Yeah. Not happening. Not happening. Um, I was, uh, I'm glad that I was able to rope you into another fantasy league. I had uh, I had trimmed the fat down a little bit last year to yeah. only two fantasy leagues from like seven. Yeah, and I think right now I'm at five. Oh wow! Okay, so uh, I, I'm getting back up there. Getting back up there. It's gonna be it's gonna be a good year. I'm excited. I, two wasn't enough for me. Like yeah. like six and seven, like that's pushing it. But I think like four or five. There you I go. Can, I can manage those pretty well. I'm currently in one. So, well, I mean, yeah. one's good. If you're gonna like. You're, at least it's a money thing. Like if you're yeah. one, it yeah. has to be for money. You can't just be playing one for like nothing. Yeah, I've done multi. I've done like up to two or three, and it's always like it's always like a for fun league on the others, mm-hmm. and or like with you know it's like a radio station league. And I like I I seriously do go into it with the best of intentions of like I'm gonna pay attention to this the entire season and I'm gonna legitimately try to win this league, and it never yeah. fails. Like. Within the first month, I'm just like, I lose interest in it. It's it's tough. I, yeah, I still I, play my, it, but it's just like I'm not like a hundred percent focused on it. All of my leagues are money leagues, except for uh, our late night fantasy league, which there's no money, but we do have relegation. Oh, okay. so like that league just turns into like, okay, I just can't finish in like <laughs> I can't finish in the bottom two. Yeah, like I don't care if I win necessarily. I just can't finish the bottom two. Because I can't, I don't want to get relegated to like the lower league. Nice. So, yeah. Do you have that many people so. that you have two leagues? Yeah, we have a fourteen-team uh, like main league, and I think we have a junior league that's I think twelve. It might be fourteen now. But that's like, awesome. It, yeah. So we've been doing it for a few years, where yeah. the bottom two get relegated down, and the top two from the junior league get moved up, and it I makes like it that. interesting because yeah. we don't have, you know, yeah, we don't have to play for money, but there's still like incentive yeah something on the line i like that yeah i i added um i've never been a big ppr fan mostly because i just like not that i'm like anti getting points for catches but i've always just hated the idea of a guy getting a full point for a catch that like literally is no gain so you can catch the football for no gain and that's worth more than like an an eight yard gain like i've just i like that just has always bothered me 
uh, so bad. So I put a, um, I added PPR this year, but it's 0.1. So it's the same as getting a yard. And then I added, uh, I added quarterback completions are 0.1 and incompletions are minus 0.1. So like, Basically, if you throw 50%, you, you're just breaking even. But if you're, like, you know, completing 70% of your passes, like, you're going to, however many you throw, like, there's a chance you're getting a couple extra points from that. And then I put, uh, I think, a bonus point if you get to, like, if running backs, again, like, based on the PPR idea, like, if running backs get, but it's not per carry. It's, like, you have to reach a tier to get, like, mm-hmm. a a. Like if you get ten carries, then you get like an extra like point two or something, and then the I, next I ten carries you a... get another extra point two or whatever it is. I don't know. Why you could like set it up to where like only running back get PR have value? Yeah, in throughout the league because you could get a guy like uh, Tariq Cohen and he's a viable starter because he's have seven catches for forty yards. Yeah, or whatever, but. I'm kind of there with the receiver stuff. Like receivers, I go either way. But I used to be in a league, not in it anymore. I won two years ago, and then they just quit doing the league, obviously, because I I won, so they're like anymore. That league had big play bonuses, so like a receiver could have one catch, seventy yards, and a touchdown, and it was like a thirty-five point play oh. because you got a bonus. Because the way they had it set up, there was a bonus for it being a 40-yard catch, a 50-yard catch, a 60-yard catch, and like a 70-yard catch. And those were all separate bonuses. And it was like a touchdown catch of 50 yards or more. So like one, there, there were so many weeks where yeah. I rolled the guy, but he had one receiver have like an 80-yard touchdown that was worth 30 points. Oh, so, that's crazy. Like like yeah, I mean, this were, league has a bonus point. Le- like if you... If you uh, I think it's 50 yards. If you score a touchdown 50 yards or more, I think you get like one bonus point, but like, yeah, it's just like an extra. It's not like, it's not worth a touchdown. Yeah, no, you were getting a bonus for (laughs) like five separate bonuses. If it was an 80 yard play. Plus yeah, there were bonuses for like total games. Like if you had a hundred yards receiving, you know, that was another like three points. Like it was, it was the most frustrating league ever. I mean, it was wild because you just, I mean, a guy like, Brashad Perryman could have one play and win you a game. Right. But that's insane. Yeah. It was, it was a little much the way I've always wanted PPR to work. And maybe there are sites that do this, but I like this league. I've done this on, on ESPN for like 20 years. They don't do it this way, but I've always wanted to do PPR where you get a point for a catch. If it results in a first down. So it's kind of like, it's first down PPR. Like you, so if, if the, you know, if you catch the ball and it doesn't result in a first down, then you don't get a point for that. But if it results in a first down, then you get the bonus, like catch point. Yeah. I mean, that seems fair. Makes the catch valuable. Right. Yeah. Like in the game. Yeah. yeah. That's cause like, again, going back to my original point, like why are we rewarding points to somebody that like might catch a football, but literally lose a yard. Right, yeah, runs the bubble screen and loses two yards, and it's a point. Right, that's stupid to me. I yeah. oh, I hate that idea. <laughs> yeah, I've I've in it for it either way. Like I'm I'm not really the kind of guy that complains a lot about like the way the leagues are set up because I'm just like I'll play whatever the rules are. I'll play. Yeah, and 
probably do pretty well if I, you know, commit the time to it. So I, I agree though. Like it, the, I like the first down idea. Like that makes it a little bit more like, at least when you're like, you're watching the game, you're like, Oh, get that extra two yards. I need that, that yeah. point for that yeah. catch. Yeah. It makes a little bit more exciting and puts a little bit more stakes on like, you know, getting guys that maybe run deeper routes a little bit more often. Yeah, or guys that like teams depend on to make plays for them in critical moments. Like, yeah, gives more value to guys like Devontae Adams. Yeah, yeah, I can buy into that. Yeah, as it should be. Anyway, yeah, we'll uh, we draft. I think the final Tuesday before the first Thursday night game. Like, it's literally after every preseason game has been played. Okay. Two days before well, the NFL kickoff. I'm I'm rolling through the fantasy baseball league right now, so let's see if I can. Uh, yeah carry over that momentum yeah i uh the rain is over the rain is well over. i mean what, like eight years like something like consecutive that consecutive yeah. title like yeah. league with titles yeah about and time somebody else gets in there that was also going to be something at the all-star break like i knew i was mathematically eliminated from making the playoffs but i had every intention of at least like giving some people some l's down the stretch that like needed wins that were in the playoff hunt. And then like two weeks after the all-star break, DeGrom goes back on the IL. I think Corbin Burns went on the IL. Uh, Zach Gout, like half my pitching staff was on the IL like two weeks after the all-star break. And at that point I was just like, I'm putting this thing. Like I it's, I'm no longer like setting my lineup every day. Like it's just, it's over. It's over. If it makes you feel any better, we played last week and, it was close. Like it was like it with ten point game until Saturday, and I scored okay. like one hundred and forty points on Saturday, and then uh, yeah. had to knock you down another another spot in the standings. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't. I don't think I've set a lineup in that league for two weeks, maybe. And I've I, I like two weeks ago I set it forward for like two weeks, so I just wouldn't look at it. If there were any changes, then you know so be it. But uh, yeah. that's the thing. That's the thing about fantasy baseball, though, is like obviously there's some luck with health because the waiver wire isn't like there's just no sport where the waiver wire plays like football does like you you can win a league on your waiver wire in football pretty easily but right it's a little bit harder in baseball basketball it's like impossible in my opinion but baseball like really the key to winning baseball leagues is just as long as your team is relatively healthy just setting your lineup through the whole season yeah because i mean this is the first year that i didn't start forgetting to do it after like the first months of the season yeah and, like, it's going well. And, yeah, it's just, like, taking five minutes a day to do it. Yeah, you just got to so. – it's it's a grind. Like, you have to – you just have to be aware every day to, like, make sure your guys are actually playing and in the lineup and your pitching rotation, like, works out. Um, but, yeah, that's, like – that's at least half the battle, if not more. But, yeah, when I, I, I got to the point to start, that, like, you know, I had, like, four healthy pitchers, I was just like, nope, that's it. Yeah, it's been tough. Throw the white flag. I've got like three on the IR right now. <laughs> Time to, you know, get my stuff together. Set in my lineups throughout. Yeah, there you go. All right, my friend. Uh, always fun. Always appreciate uh, the knowledge that you're dropping on me. And uh, we'll catch up again next week. <laughs> All right.
The podcast is over.